0: The reality is we cannot stop anger. It's going to happen. We're going to get angry about different things, but if we don't get a hold on the anger, it will hold on to us. Hello and welcome to the Trent Stewart Leadership Podcast. I wanna help everyday leaders make every day count. So on the TSL Podcast, I wanna encourage and equip you to live for Jesus, discover your purpose, and invest in people. And so I pray this episode, encourages you today. And if it does, please take a moment to subscribe and give a good rating wherever you are listening to this podcast. You can also visit TrentStewart.org to find more resources to equip you on your spiritual and leadership journey. Today, I want to talk about anger. Uh, what makes you angry? What What triggers you to become angry? I, I don't know about you, but I'm not the most patient person. I was in the store the other day, and uh, In a hurry, like usual, and lady in front of me had, you know, her cart just full of of just food and everything, and so every line was long, and so I'm sitting there waiting and waiting, and after all the time it took uh, for her food to get rung up, all of a sudden she realizes that she has to pay, and so now she's digging in her purse, and she pulls out a checkbook. I don't know who uses checks anymore, but this lady did, and so here we are. We're in a hurry. Um, my blood pressure's rising. I just want her to get out of here. She's writing a check. It takes forever. The ID, the process, the on and the on and the on. And by the end of it, I felt like I needed to go shave again. It, it my my internally, you know, I'm just uh, I'm I'm boiling. And so I don't know about you. I don't know what makes you angry. Maybe your anger comes out when your wife tells you how to drive or. Maybe you're angry when, you know, the wife throws empty boxes into the garage and expects the box fairy to come and just kind of clean it up. I don't know if it's politics, gender, your kids. At the end of the day, anger is inevitable. I mean, we're all going to experience anger on some level. Uh, But what the Bible says about anger is, is in Ephesians 4.26, it says, "...in your anger, do not sin." So we're all gonna get angry. Anger is just kind of a normal emotion. Just because we get angry or frustrated in the grocery line doesn't make us a, a bad person necessarily. Uh, in fact, I would say the only people that don't get angry are dead people. And so we're going to get angry, but there are at least two types of anger, the, the righteous anger and the unrighteous anger. So Jesus experienced uh, righteous anger, right? He, he was perfect. An example of that was when they were selling Uh, various things in the temple to make money. And he is upset. He has this righteous anger. He turns the tables over and he gets everybody out, right? That's righteous anger. You and I might feel righteous anger when we see injustice in the world, like abortion or racism or whatever, you know, that righteous anger wells up inside of us, but we're not Jesus. So that righteous anger quickly turns into unrighteous anger if we're not careful. And so I would say that most of the anger that you and I experience is is not righteous. It's going to come from a place of selfishness. And so uh, I think Matthew 5 is an important text for us. Jesus talks about what I would call destructive anger. It's a type of anger that hurts, it wounds. Uh, You get angry and you act on that anger by lashing out with words and, and statements. And so this is the type of anger that it may not murder the body, but it definitely goes after the soul. And so here's what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 22. He says, I tell you, everyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Whoever insults his brother or sister will be subject to the court. Whoever says you fool will be subject to hell. So he's talking about a couple of things here that I want to point out. And the first thing is he's talking about an anger that wounds people. Uh, Jesus says if you're harboring that anger in your heart, it's gonna lead you to insult people with your words. You're gonna wound people with your words. So it's name-calling, it's demeaning. Let's get real practical here for a minute. If you're doing this openly, you're guilty, right? If you're saying it out loud, you're guilty. But if you're doing this privately, you're guilty as well. And so you might just be saying it about someone else you know, to a friend, that's, that's also um, proving our guilt. You could even be thinking it in your mind, and that means that we are guilty. And so Jesus says doing this wounds people. We, we've all been wounded by someone's anger. For some of you, the anger maybe is recent and fresh, and so that wound is deep, and, and, and I'm, I'm sorry that you experienced that. For others of you, the anger is not as fresh, but it's just as deep, and it's, it's left a scar. It left a mark on you emotionally. It wounded you. And so when you act on your anger, though, it insults, it's destructive, right? Maybe it was your father who lashed out at you when you were a kid and told you that you wouldn't be good enough, or maybe even was physically abusive to you. Maybe it was a spouse that uh, erupts on you in anger and verbally insults you and lashes out. It hurts, it wounds our soul. And if anger lives within you, it comes out in your language. It will come out in your relationships and in your faith. And so what we have to realize is that if this anger is not dealt with, not only are you lashing out and hurting others, but essentially it's really hurting you. If you hold on to that anger, you're lashing out, ultimately it's just hurting you. You're dishing it out on other people, but, but you're the one that actually is getting hurt even more so because it's 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 hurting your soul. It's it's physically not good for your body. I mean, we know this, your blood pressure rises, your heart races, your body releases the stress hormones that negati- negatively affect your your organs. Over time, you experience those hormones too much and it begins to break down your body, affects your immune system. And so Physically, it hurts us, but even more so, it's destroying you spiritually. I mean, your spiritual growth is, is hindered. Jesus, he, he uses some strong language here. He says, because of that anger, you, you deserve hell. And so that anger wounds us. It, it's destructive, right? So we, we, we want to recognize just how, how negative it impacts us. But, but secondly, what Jesus shows us here is that our anger can obstruct it can obstruct our worship specifically. In verse 23, he says, if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift and go be reconciled to your brother and then come offer your gift. So he's basically saying that our worship of him, because this is in the moment of sacrifice in the synagogue is is, is what he's referring to. So imagine it's Sunday morning, you're you're trying to worship God, imagine you're trying to you know, give your offering to God. You're trying to serve God, but in your heart, you're you're angry, <laughs> and 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 you're you're not only angry, but you recognize that that anger led you to insult someone or to hurt someone, and now all of a sudden you have this this offense that you have um, given to this person. They're, they're offended by what you said or or what you did, and and um, it, it was an insult, and so. Jesus is, the reality here is you need to go resolve that quickly. Go resolve it quickly. Go seek reconciliation before you try to worship me, before you're trying to sing to me, before you're trying to you know, give an offering, before you're trying to serve me, go reconcile that relationship. So anger can obstruct your worship. It gets in the way of your relationship with God. It, it, it hinders your relationship with God, and it, it might even be hindering your prayer life. I mean, think about that. You're praying and asking God to provide something, and God's like, look, you, you got to reconcile this relationship. This anger is is deep within your heart. You have, you have insulted people, and, and, and you've got to deal with that before you come offer your sacrifice on Sunday morning. And, and, and so I think we, we can also get encouragement from Matthew 9, uh, 5, 9, where Jesus says, blessed is the peacemaker. You know, this is part of reconciliation is being a peacemaker. You know, there's a difference between being a peacemaker and a peacekeeper. If you're a peacekeeper at the office, you're gonna avoid conflict. You're gonna avoid hard conversations. You're gonna just tend to sweep everything under the rug, your feelings and all the different things that are going on. You're not. You're not gonna want to deal with the challenges that are in relationships. That's a peacekeeper. And that's unhealthy for your business, that's unhealthy for your leadership, it's unhealthy in your marriage to just try to avoid the hard conversations. Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. And so a peacemaker is somebody that takes the first step. They go the extra mile. You can stick your head in the sand and try to avoid problems, but they won't get better, they're just going to get worse. I think the healthiest person in the relationship is usually the one that takes the first step. And if your spouse is always the one that has to come to you first and apologize, you aren't leading, right? So you wanna take the first step. Um, people you know, tend to look back on situations at work. They look back on situations and problems that they have and how they avoided hard conversations. And I've never heard someone say, you know, I really just had that difficult conversation too soon. Um, I usually hear the opposite. I hear the opposite statement, which is, I should have had the talk sooner. I should have gotten it off my chest sooner. I should have uh, not procrastinated and ignored the issue. I I should have dealt with it sooner. And so I think if you don't seek reconciliation, if you just try to ignore it at the office, at home, at church, it's going to obstruct your worship. It's gonna it's gonna hinder your growth, and it will definitely affect your leadership. He says, "Be a peacemaker, restore the relationship." Now, listen, we can't stop anger; it's gonna come. So we have to prepare ourselves for this, and 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 we have to begin to do things and develop skills now to overcome um, the responses that we have that that are gonna damage others and destroy. You personally, and so we don't try to stop the anger. you have to tame the anger. So we don't want it to win. Uh, because when anger wins, you lose. That's the bottom line, really. I mean when anger wins in your life, you lose. If it's winning in your marriage, you're losing. If it's winning in the office, you're losing. if it if it's winning in your heart and your mind, you're losing. So what do you do with your anger? Let me get really practical. I'm going to give you one thing today, and then in the next episode, I'm going to give you a few more. So one practical step if you're experiencing these issues, if you're lashing out, if you're insulting, if you're not reconciling and the anger is, is within your heart, the first thing you have to do is admit your anger. Stop denying that you're just an angry person. Stop denying that your anger is leading you to say things and do things that are sinful, inappropriate, hurtful, whatever you wanna call it. I think some people just don't wanna recognize it. You just wanna pretend that you're not an angry person. Uh, you, you just wanna blame other people. That person made me angry. You know, I hear that all the time from people. Well, I wouldn't have gotten angry but he pushed my buttons or she pushed my buttons or you know they triggered me in this area and and I want to encourage you to take responsibility for your actions take responsibility for your own emotions because no one can force you to insult someone else no one can force you to scream and to yell no one can force you to act on your anger that's a decision that you make every single one of us are responsible for our response and for uh, the way in which we deal with our anger. Uh, you might be one of two people when it comes to anger. You, you might call this person the volcano. The volcano is the person that gets triggered and as soon as that anger hits them, you know, they blow up. You know, it's a quick fuse, it's a quick lash out. They want to dominate the conversation. They're loud, they're proud, and so that's, that's someone who is a quick fuse. And then another group are, are more likely to be called just like a pressure cooker. You know, the pressure cooker just takes time. It builds up pressure and takes a while to cook the food, right? And so this might be the more passive-aggressive person in the room. Um, they tend to be maybe a little bit more self-righteous because, you know, they may not get loud, um, and become expressive like someone who, with a short fuse. They're, they're more subtle. And so you look cool on the outside, uh, look calm on the outside, but on the inside, you are pressure cooking. Man, it is, it is rotten. Like it is, it is inside of you building up and you are angry. And so inside the pressure cooker, it tends to fester and simmer. They hold on to that. So sarcasm is a big part of their daily routine. You know, they'll use sarcastic statements. I'm sorry, but not everyone can be as perfect as you. Um, are you always going to be this crazy? Are you always going to be, you know, this difficult? Those types of statements, um, you know, are are the sarcasm that comes out and, and. um I'm not insulting you. I'm just describing you, right? Those type of of statements that they, you know, sounds kind of funny, but really kind of pull back the layers of a a deeper issue there. Passive passive aggressive people, they can get sneaky with that anger. They can say one thing, but do another. Uh, They don't want to show that they're mad. They just want to get even. Um, So I think that's very damaging and your marriage. It's very damaging in the office. And if you're going to hold on to that anger in that way, what happens? It becomes a sickness that begins to grow and fester. It's almost like a cancer uh, that makes you cynical and bitter and even maybe even depressed and never happy at work and There's always a problem, there's always an issue, and you're always talking negatively about people. And it just becomes a a deeper issue and causes other problems because you simply just don't wanna deal with the reality that you're an angry person and you're not processing it in a healthy way. And the problem with the pressure cooker is that eventually it will blow up. One day the sarcasm ends, something happens all the barriers are removed and then you turn into the volcano and just blow up right and it's worse than the typical volcano person because this has been you've been holding on to this for you know 10 12 15 however many years right and so it's a it's a bigger issue and someone's like wow what what's going on with them and it's like well they haven't been expressing themselves well in a healthy way they you know the, this has been building up and they've not been having the the peace maker conversation and so it finally just blows I, I hear married couples talk about their problems and the guy says all of a sudden she just freaked out her maybe the wife says all of a sudden he just exploded and he's usually quiet or whatever. And that's that's usually the result of somebody who's been holding it in for years. And so let's admit that we have an anger issue, right? Let's stop uh, denying that it is there. And so to recap, Anger is inevitable. You're going to experience it. So you need tools. You need skills to overcome it. We know that anger wounds. It can hurt. It can insult. Jesus says we're guilty if we do that. He says our anger can obstruct our worship, right? So we've got to reconcile these relationships in our life. This all comes back to our spiritual health. And if we let anger win, you will lose. So admit it today. Confess it to God. Admit it to a spouse, right? Admit it to someone that you have hurt. Seek that reconciliation. And if you do, you will make today count. Hey, listen, I pray this episode encourages you. I pray that it equips you to live for Jesus. I pray that you will find purpose and that it will encourage you to invest in other people. Hey, I would love for you to visit trentstewart.org, find more resources, um, and I would encourage you also to subscribe on the website. If you do that, you're gonna get show notes and reminders of when the episodes, uh, new episodes drop And then also if you subscribe, you'll get the TSL five. That is a free resource that's gonna be emailed to you directly every other week with five great uh, opportunities for you to grow and just to get further encouraged and equipped. If you subscribe online, you're gonna immediately get a resource that I'm calling the life assessment tool. That's a resource that's gonna help you evaluate the seven major areas of your life and really help you kind of get a grasp on who you are, where you're at, spiritually, emotionally, physically today. I'd love for you to connect with me on all social media platforms. Trenton Stewart is where you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Appreciate you listening today. Can't wait till next episode as we continue this conversation on overcoming anger. Thanks for listening. And as always, make today count.